0: Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Andrew Decker. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Andrew Harris. What up? Hey, buddy. Well, this is hey, so uh, this gonna, is odd. This is this is new. Um, it's the first time we, we've recorded with other people as far away as Chicago. Yeah. But you and I have always been in the same room for the recording.
1: Well, except for one time late last year early this year when i had covid
0: yeah you were sick yeah but you still had
1: somebody else in your office recording this is the first time we don't have any guests and you and i are not in the same room
0: it's crazy yeah i would say i'd hold you but you're too far away that okay (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah, it's gonna be so it's, it's weird it is weird. So, so yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, because of a, a, yours truly looked and realized I had put something on Sunday afternoon that was supposed to be on Monday afternoon. I had to go to court and couldn't get back to be in the same room with Mister Harris. So we're doing this via Zoom. Um, uh, so, so yeah, we're we're different different places, um, and 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 I don't like it. So I want to air my grievances. Air your grievances. Now,
1: hold on. I mean, I know the weather is getting colder. Uh, Both of our football teams in college football aren't doing so great. Uh, Hey, the Mustangs Mustangs are bowl eligible. Okay, so the Aggies are not doing so great. I mean, what do you have to air grievances on? I mean, uh, you know, this is not our Festivus episode.
0: I know. We'll do a holiday special soon enough. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I always enjoy our holiday special. Um, Really, I don't, but... But we have, we always have, well, first of all, I have clients like to air the grievances. Yeah. Um, I haven't, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen my discovery. Why am I getting a 10-year offer? Why can't I get a bond reduction? Can I get some more 1244A, right? The yeah. the, the grievances from our clients is long. Just but, listen
1: to our podcast. <laughs> right, right.
0: But but Mr. Harith, uh you... You and I have seen this before in court. Um, victims get to air their grievances and and I use the term victim loosely, right?
1: Right. I mean, you know when we say victim, it,
0: it, I usually object to
1: that um, to that term, but in this case, for this topic, uh, you know there has already been you know a, a um, an adjudication, a judicial declaration that this person is in fact, uh, a victim like a complainant w- is now a victim because sentence has been um has
0: has been assessed so uh yes, today our, our, client ha- our client has moved from being defendant to being convicted right right if, if, if what we're getting into so basically uh the the person is truly a victim because the the defendant has been found guilty for us to get to what we're going to talk about today. So we're we're far down this we're far down the line, which is normally not what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. So this is right. This is like one. Of, if you have a case where there is a listed complainant, this could potentially occur in your case. And we're talking about allocutions, um, which. Me exactly kazoo uh, night um allocutions <laughs> which which my phone we were texting about this kept um kept kept auto-correcting to allocations which is not it's not it's not allocations so allocations yeah, when were, that you... complainant gets to tell the defendant in the court how this episode crime whatever has affected them
0: right so for those of you playing along at home uh, you may turn in your books to uh the code of criminal uh, code of criminal procedure chapter 42 judgment and sentence article 42.03 pronouncing sentence that's where right. we are yeah so um, so yeah go ahead no you're you're good
1: well you know i ha- i recently had this happen andrew in, in a case that i thought was kind of petty um You know, it was like um, what I thought was two consenting adults. Uh, There was later a complaint made. I mean, days later, you know, a complaint made. And and it was two people. One person was alleged to have touched the other one on the backside. um, And that was my backside.
0: backside, We're we're talking like buttocks, not
1: the rear
0: end. Yes, the buttocks, the butt
1: cheek, not the anus very okay. got to be All very right. clear about that
0: you're touching the anus yeah. it's a
1: whole nother issue buddy that's a whole um, that's a whole nother ball of wax big boy It's a whole nother ball of wax um so touching of the buttocks and uh which you know fairly easy case to defend we had a uh, an agreement in place and i'm not going to get into the facts of the case or anything like that but um the complainant wanted to do an allocution and I just kind of rolled my eyes. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, for a butt grab, like, are we, are we seriously doing this? But I realized I had never really read the code provision for this particular situation for an allocution. Andrew, you and I have handled some very serious offenses where it's like a no brainer that a victim needs to air their grievances to tell about how this has affected them. Right. And we've, we see it all the time. And it's kind of understood in a felony, sexual assault, child, sexual assault, child, sexual abuse case. And those are very serious. And those, you know, but honestly, I'd never, I I was kind of taken aback. like, man, we are in a County court in a misdemeanor courtroom. And you're telling me I got to wait around for an allocution. What the heck is going on
0: here? Um, Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So most of the time, if we're talking about an allocution, we are talking about, felonies, and I, I think that the only ones I've seen them in personally are there is either a dead person, and it's a family member, right. or it is uh, child sexual assault of some sort, and it's either the, the the child who may now be older than a child because of time, or uh, they're parent, aunt, uncle, someone speaking on their behalf. Yeah. So those are the only kind of cases I've seen an allocution. So I almost, well, again, this is not a code procedure I, that I think that I can honestly say I've read. Or if I did, I was like, uh, huh, okay, turn the page, keep going. Yeah. But, but you said, you said on a, on a butt touch, Yeah. in a county court at law, you you had to sit around for an allocution. Please tell me you're being paid by the hour, not by the not by the (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was a retained
1: client, so I was taken care of. Don't you worry about that. Um but thank you for your concern. But yeah, I mean it's as my my coach, my high school football coach would have described it as uh, a bunch of guys playing grab ass. You know what I mean? Like That's just, exactly just, what I
0: thought when you told me about yeah, this case.
1: It feels like it feels very much like just kind of roughhousing, like antics kind of going on, but I digress. We'll we'll get over the facts of the case. Okay. But it made me look up the, this code provision 4203 or the code of criminal procedure and read it a little bit more closely because, Hey man, the prosecutor was kind of being a jerk and I wanted to just throw a wrench into things, if I could, just to keep him on his toes and see what he what he would do. Um, so, in order to do that, I had to look at the language and the provision, right? And what I learned was, uh, it doesn't really matter. It does not specify which case can or cannot have an allocution, which I thought was odd because, you know, it's not like, hey, these these cases in in this code provision, this code section, this code, it just says a victim it says a victim a close relative of a deceased victim a guardian uh of a victim as defined in um a different code provision but basically like a legal guardian um of of a supposed of a of a victim can make a statement so that means like literally if the loss prevention officer of a walmart wanted to stand up and give Uh, an allocution on any of the shoplifting cases, this law, this provision allows them to do that, which I think is a bit overbroad.
0: Well, I, I, this is where, where we give a little bit of thanks that most of our colleagues on the prosecution side have at least some discretion. Yeah. Right. They're not going to let the Walmart uh, person But, but again, we're talking, so, you know, we're, we're talking about an assault. Right. And and from, from, from what you told me, uh, I think we're not going to talk about the whole, whole, whole case, not, not a long lasting assault, not abuse. Right. As you said, it's what our coaches would have called boys stop playing grab ass. Right. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I, I occasionally think about as I read offense reports and I read cases and I listen to what happens to some hard defendants, Andrew, you know, I've been in a running group. No one believes it when they see me. I know I say that every time, but no one does. Um, I've been in a running group for a lot of years. And these are some of these guys I've been friends with now for 10, 12 years, right? We, you become pretty good friends. Well, one, one Saturday morning, one of the guys that had, you know, kind of, we had been jawing back and forth. I was running up past him, and truly, as I went by, I slapped him on the butt—and I mean hard—and wearing running shorts, it stung. I have no doubt, <laughs> right? Right? I know because my hand hurt, and he whelped, like yelped. I mean, so technically, technically, that could be an assault, right? That's a that's a touching that is provocative or, um, yeah. What's the other word? Anyway, uh, at least at least a Class C assault, maybe a Class. Yeah, it was B offensive, right? Cla- right, right, yeah. right. Offensive or provocative. There you go. Um, could be bodily injury. That's a Class A. But you're telling me that because it had the buttocks, it's this other offense as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Yep.
1: Yeah. So yeah. so right. So the new the new Class B or uh, uh, the new Class A is an indecent assault um and right. that would be what this like unwanted grabbing of the of the butt is covered and we can get into the rest of it later if we haven't already covered right. it but but yeah and so um and so you're right like it would be silly for a loss prevention officer to come up and and give an allocution on a you know on a walmart theft um and and the reason that uh, this victim was informed is because it is an assaultive type offense and the prosecution's required to reach out and let them know at least like this is the deal and all that. The, I, mm-hmm. I had a, in a, I didn't think I could go on and on about my thoughts on um, how this prosecutor handled uh, this case. Um, it was one of those, I thought he was just letting the uh, the complainant like dictate um, what, what the end result was gonna be on this case instead of just informing them, Hey, I think this is what this case is worth. This is what I think a good result is. And just, you know, providing that information to them, which is all the law requires. That doesn't, you don't have to get their take on it. They don't have to control negotiations, but they are, uh, they shall be informed of the case updates and and disposition stuff like that. So anyways, we have, we have a victim, we have a case. Um, So, I guess we we should discuss what an allocution is. Um, so, Andrew, what like what it what does that mean? What is an allocution? We already kind of hinted at it that it's airing of grievances, but like what what exactly is it?
0: So, technically, it is it it, it, it is the the defendant's statement. Um, their personal views of the offense, the defendant the effect of the offense on the victim. And it can be given by the victim or, uh, as you said previously, a parent, relative, or guardian under, uh, which doesn't just mean child. It could be somebody who has a physical or mental uh, incapacity, any legal guardian. Um, And basically they get to go and say in front of the court, um, and often they're read, they're not off the cuff, often they're, they're written out and the person reads it um sometimes they're just putting the file and the the um like the prosecutor will read it but i think we could object to that i i don't think it allows the prosecutor to read it yeah so if
1: you're right i i I think i would agree i would agree with that um because it has to be a victim a close relative of, of the victim or a guardian of the victim
0: Right. Um, And they have to appear in person and present to the court and to the defendant a statement of the person's views. Yeah. Well, that's not a prosecutor. And we've both seen prosecutors read these, especially in pleas. Um, Yeah. But. Technically, it's got to be it's got to be a family. Basically, it's got to be relative or the person saying. You know, this this offense, you know, and again, if we're talking about a, a child sexual assault, What you stole from me as a child, what you took from me, my innocence, you monster. um, Yeah. uh, You know, I've never heard him call them really bad names beyond monster and terrible person, but, you know, basically it's you dirty -er, MFR. Yeah. You did this to me and I hope you burn in hell um, is what they boil down to. Uh, And what's interesting is, is that the whole courtroom, often they are packed courtrooms because everybody wants to watch them. And I think about it and I go, is that you take a step back and you, and you think about what you see and what you heard. And you ask, one, if I'm, as the defendant's attorney, I'm just sitting there just looking at them, kind of just basically playing um, tic-tac-toe in my head. Yeah right? Uh, I imagine that our client is probably trying to get a hole to, you know, from hell to open up and just swallow this person. Um, or they're doing exactly what I'm doing and they are mentally have gone to their happy place. They're trying to find some Zen and they're not emotionally, mentally in the room. Um, but that's what it is. They just basically get to call you know, get to call your, your client, a son of a bitch. Right. it's a, you know, it's, it's essentially the
1: victim impact statement. I mean, we've, I think everybody has kind of seen the, uh, you know, maybe YouTube videos or news stories about like the victim stood up and, you know, told, um, you know, whomever the defendant, what they, what their thoughts were. Um, so yeah, great way to, to explain that. And I, I think I agree with you too. Like, for for this last one that I thought was just kind of like, you know, pretty petty. Um, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't look at it. I just stayed looking at the judge. The person was like off behind us making the statement. And so me and my client just sat there looking straight ahead to the judge. Um, I think if it's like a more like after a jury trial, after sentence has been assessed and all that, um, if uh, on a very serious case, I, I will, I will try, to you know, I try to look at the person speaking respectfully. Um, You know, I imagine for some, for a lot of our cases, Andrew, I mean, it's, it does have to be a very devastating thing to have gone through for these victims. And so I just try to respect that part of the process. Um, But you're right. Like sometimes it's kind of heart wrenching and I just don't want to be there, Um, you, you know, kind of, imagining what this person has gone through. So I I do try to try to keep a little, you know, poker face going. Um, But I think you can kind of tell like how I feel about the case and about the, the, you know, a victim in particular, if I am like respectfully listening or if I am not even facing towards that person, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 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 Like often they make the, the, the judge will tell our client, you know, you have to, Stand and face the speaker. Yeah, right. But again, doesn't mean they really have to look at them. They'll, you know, a lot. But I'm amazed how many of them are standing there staring at the the speaker. Yeah, but yeah. I but I think they're they're emotionally not in the room. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, and and, and let's be honest about some some of our you know some of them they're just not emotionally in the room because they they're. They're not listening. Some of them are not emotionally in the room because, well, they're creepy as hell and there's a reason they're going to the pen. Probably sociopath. You really don't want it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. A they're, little bit they're, of sociopathy. They're thinking, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. They, they, they might be going, yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. Really? Right? It, yeah. It, 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 again, if we're talking about someone who really is uh, so self-unaware, so on self-aware however you want to put it that they're willing to to sexually abuse a child they probably are not feeling a lot when that child or that child's parent says you're a monster um
1: mm-hmm.
0: right yeah so, I mean, sometimes i, I kinda...
1: there's there was a uh, something i read a while ago is like um, narcissism is uh, is like a lack of empathy, but remorse. Um, and and psychopathy or, or being a psychopath is, or sociopath, I, I don't remember which one, is a lack of empathy and a lack of remorse. And I, and I think for many of our clients in those really serious situations, um, they're either a psychopath or a sociopath. Um, or, probably or, a psychopath, or they,
0: right? Right, or they're at least narcissistic enough that they don't have any self-control. They may feel bad about it later, but probably, but some of them, no, some of them you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and and again, our job is not as the defense attorney is not to decide which one they are, unless there's something that would make them not, not, uh, not eligible to be in trial. Our job is to defend them to the best extent of the law. Right. Right. Yeah, we're definitely but not so we,
1: psychologists, right? Unless unless we need to we need to present that to the court, uh, right, for for mitigating or other other uh reasons.
0: Right. But so the person gets to make the statement. And again, oh, playing grab ass. Right. Still just roll on eyes at it. So, 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 what are the what are the criteria? We, we we've kind of well, we've kind of now aired the grievances, but there are actually some criteria in this, Mister. There are Hunter. you read this? Yes,
1: criteria. yes, yes, yes. So there there are criteria, and the code is very clear. Like, okay, it's kind of a it is, I think, a very broad. Doesn't tell them like what um what to say or anything like that, but it does say, hey, uh, victim, relative, or guardian, don't direct questions to the defendant while making the statement. Right. So, like, what are you, what were you thinking? How could you do this? Um, you know, there's a fine line between like the hypothetical, just a, as a way to express outrage, anger, whatever. Um, and like, you know, pointed questions where you want a response. You're not, that's not the purpose of this. The, the, uh, the, you know, defendant still has a Fifth Amendment right at that point in time, unless it's been waived. And um, and so that defendant's not going to be required to answer anything. It would be improper to for a victim in their victim impact statement or allocution to uh, to to ask the those questions. Right. Um, And also a court reporter. um, It doesn't say shall. It says may not. Um, So that means court reporter do not transcribe this statement. Um, It's going to be off the record. Uh, which is interesting, right? We were talking about when a when a prosecutor is reading it, it's from a letter. I wonder if that then should be on the record because it's a statement that's not covered in this code section.
0: Yeah, my only Can guess is sense? that they're saying that the person presented it to the court, right? Yeah, uh, but but technically, I think that would anyway. I, I think I think next time a prosecutor tries to read it, I'm going to object and go. That's not what it says, and may, at yeah. least put that on the record, right? Now, well, what, right. What, what? What's the harm, right? What's the harm to your client? Yeah, which our- they stood there for. They, they stood there for five minutes, getting their getting their butt chewed.
1: Hey, man, uh, on a losing case, it may be like all your client. It's like the last thing that happens in court, right? So if you could get a small win for your client before they ship them off to TDC, maybe maybe that right. delays the uh, grievance for another month,
0: you know. Or, or at least they felt like you fought for them up to the very end. Right. So, so yeah. there, but there are some requirements, right? What they can say, they can't, they can't ask uh, questions. They just get to make their statement. Right. Um, but when, when so, does it happen?
1: Okay. So, so there's three requirements, right? Um, the statement is made after the punishment has been assessed and the court has determined whether or not to grant community supervision. So kind of a quick, um, uh, a, a, a quick two-step process for that first prong: two after the court has announced the terms and conditions of the sentence and mm-hmm. three after the sentence is pronounced so at the very 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 end of the case before this defendant is going off to talk with a probation officer or to the bailiff to be processed into incarceration that's when it happens and no sooner right yeah So, um, so, you know, the, the, the judge can't say, okay, well, I'm going to find you guilty, but I'm, I'm going to wait. I I will hold my decision to probate until after the, uh, the victim impact statement. That's not proper either. Um, so a judge can't use that information in making their determination.
0: Right. The judge can't go, well, you didn't cry. So you're not sorry enough. So I'm going to give you uh, something more. Um, well
1: or or think about this right like I I they got probation but the defendant didn't look at the victim when they were when they were given their victim impact statement right so I'm going to take back that probation I'm going to revoke that probation that I just ordered
0: Oh yeah can't, man, you can't can't man. do that judge
1: right I mean the, no probation has been violated and two you obviously waited until after to pronounce sentence so um so anyways that's that's uh, the 3 uh, those three things must be accomplished before a victim impact statement. Uh, Andrew, how, I mean, so, you know, one, um, you know, let's say it's like a multi-count indictment on uh on a, on a bad, you know, sexual assault. Um, mm-hmm. So does one victim get to talk for all of the, uh, does one yeah, victim so, get to talk for, for all no, the victims yeah. or C, what?
0: C, uh, letter C, paragraph C. The court may not impose a limit on the number of victims or close relatives or guardians who may appear and present statements um, unless the court says it would just be basically unreasonable and, and unreasonably delaying uh, the proceeding. So if if you have multiple victims yeah. or, you know, the, the again, uh, usually it's a child sex case or a dead person. The whole family could theoretically of the of the deceased stand up and say, this is how much I loved him. And this is what you've taken from us. And this is why it hurts. And this is why you're a bad person. And, you know, and the next one, this is what you took from us. This is how much hurts. This is what, you know. Um, Especially you and I have tried you and I have tried a couple of cases where it was. A couple of stepdaughters both making an allegation against the the stepdad and, and stepdaughter from two different women. Um, right. This would very much allow for both of them easily for both of them to stand up and say, you did this. It sucks. You ruined my life. You're a son of a bitch. Hope you burn in hell. See you later. Um, but so, did you actually have this allocution in the, in this yeah, in our best case? Yes,
1: yeah, so, yeah. We had to wait. so we had to wait. It was set for a plea. um, and the prosecutor was like, "Well, I didn't know it was going to plea." And I'm like, dude, we're set for a plea. So we had to wait <laughs> for like thirty minutes for this for the for the victim, I guess now, to come down and um and make this allocution. And when he got there, oh my gosh, he said, I I don't really have any, I don't know what to say. I don't have anything prepared. And I'm like, then why are you here? (laughs) Like, what the hell, man?
0: So um, anyway. So it 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 wasn't like much of where there's a written statement and they read it and, you know, they're trying to hold it together. (laughs) So so, so what did did they say? Or did they just get up and go, I really don't have anything to say? I, I don't have
1: anything to say. I just wanted my voice heard. Um, I was, you know, when this occurred, I was trying to start a business and well, I'm still, I'm still working on that business and it's going much better. And I'm like, so no effect at all. Is that what you're, is that what I'm hearing? You know, but we just sat there and, and honestly, it was one of those things. Like, I was like, come on, man, so ask, ask him a question so I can object and the judge can say, we're done here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but no, that was very it was pretty short uneventful. Like it was even a statement to where other people in the courtroom would not have like really understood what was going on or or what happened in the case, you know? Um, Um, yeah. yeah, Like I'm not real sure. I mean, I'm sure, look, you know, what, what there are certain times I'd feel like this, this is, this can be a very help helpful, um, time of a case for a uh, for a victim. I, I think that I don't think anything's ever really going to bring like closure or healing, but I think this, this certainly gets to get some closer to a healing place. And I felt like this in this case, in particular, um, it was, it really was not, uh, I don't know, not helpful. What I don't, I don't understand. Like it just seemed like, very petty, you know, and like, Oh, really? This is, you want to give an allocution on this? I don't I mean why, you know? Um, So I don't know, man. I mean, maybe, maybe it gave some healing to this guy. I I, I don't know, but I I hope so, I guess is what I'm trying to stumble through and say. Um, I'm not sure if it, if it did though. So, um, you know, the judge, like, like you were saying in, in sub, Subsection uh, C, the judge um, may not impose a limit, but uh, uh, or they unless they can't impose a limit on on the on the uh, allocations, unless they find that additional statements would unreasonably delay the proceeding. But think about that, like Michigan case of that doctor um, with U.S. Gymnastics. It was like, what, 500 victims or something like that. I mean, do you remember that in the news?
0: Yes. Not yeah. yeah the ago. gymnastics. Yeah. The gymnastics doctor. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I do remember from the news that there were a number of young women yeah. who stood up and said their piece. Um, and I
1: think a lot of that can be very powerful and empowering. I just thought it was, um, I don't even have a word. I just thought it was, it was just kind of, uh, needless in and this, in this misdemeanor case.
0: Well, especially when they're like, yeah, I really don't have anything to say. I'm just glad he got, you know, a little yeah. bit of trouble and I'm I'm doing fine. Oh, okay. So at some point, my guess is at some point he was mad and said, I want to make a statement in court. Um, and the guy really didn't know that he was being called to make an allocution. Right. He thought he was being called to testify. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that, but that fine reminder of, you can't, right? You can't. They they can make that statement. They can get up and go, I, you know, to the guy that assaulted them. You know, after a you know kind of a, an ass whooping, uh, or the the spouse that has been abused could, even on them misdemeanor assault, family violence, come in and go. I hate you. I hope you. You know rot and you will never see me again. Yeah. Right. Uh, You know, I I don't know. I don't know that, that I would recommend it, but they have the
1: right. Uh, uh, According to 4203, they do have the right. And I think our listeners have kind of picked up like not really much for me to do to stop that process. Uh, They absolutely have a right if they are victim in a case and Obviously, the case did not go my way. I mean, we were pleading it out, but it was just one of those fact patterns like, yeah, you know, I may I thought it was pretty petty in a case of grab ass. But according to the law uh, in that in that situation, um, it is absolutely something that uh, that legally we were we were certainly
0: uh, liable for responsible for. So, Right. Right. It, um, it, it, it was it was not going to go your way if you went to trial
1: yeah i mean i i I really i kind of pleaded with my guy to go to trial um i really wanted to get this this other guy on the stand to uh to talk about it i disagreed with the state on the on their evidence and how they thought it said something and i thought it said something else um and it was just kind of a a young prosecutor and i just wanted to you know i just wanted i wanted my turn at bat um but my well maybe maybe maybe.
0: Maybe in a few weeks you'll get for Festivus, festive You'll get to air your grievances about dealing yeah. with young prosecutors. Ooh, that'd be a good one.
1: I, I'm sure our I'm sure our listeners would love to hear me complain
0: <laughs> more
1: on this podcast. Um, but for all that, right? I told my client all that, told him the deal and all that kind of stuff, and he said, "No, let's. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it." So uh, it was his choice, um, and you know, legally, I think he I think he was going to be found guilty. So. All that to say, I told you, Mr. Decker, that we were going to be able to squeeze out an
0: episode on article 4203. You and did. Yeah, we've done you it. Did. And, and, and we've done it. And, and, we've and done for it. <laughs> that, I congratulate you. Um, yeah. So, so with this, with this very short little piece of, of article 42A03 and, over zoom. So we're not in the same room. Mr. Herath, I want to thank you for what you've, what you've shared with us today. Um, this has been another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas criminal defense. You can find us on Facebook at Texas or Andrew and Andrew on Texas criminal defense. You can find us on the web at Texas, dot and you can find us on Twitter. And obviously we, we uh, as I said, I don't know if I said on the show, or if I said it in our, in our pre-work, um, I actually put out on our Twitter the other day a question to our to our fans um, and got a response, got a response about an episode idea for a podcast. And you can find us at a and A T X TX crim deaf. Um, and so uh, we will likely have something on the show relatively soon from that Twitter feed.
1: You know, uh, Twitter is just like, a, it's like a snowball. You just got to get it rolling and and we get more and more um,
0: followers. 26, 26.
1: And the other day we were like, please, let's just get into double digits. You know what I mean? Um, but also, know, you know, know. our, our listenership crazy. is growing. Uh, not too long ago, we were celebrating 12,000 total, was it 12,000 total downloads? And we're, now we're already we're at saying 13, 10. two.
0: 10, 10,000. Yeah, we're, we're, we're already right, at 13. Right. We're, so yeah, we're, we're at 750 to $800, 800, 800, 800 listeners yeah. uh, well, downloads we, it, a month. So congratulations.
1: Yeah. And, and thanks to all our listeners. And please, like Andrew said, send us your topics, send us uh, you know, if you want to be a guest on the show, talk about a case, talk about a, you know, something that you had come up in court. We really would love to, to talk with you about that.
0: All right. So Until next time, be good to each other.